That'll be our Ruby. <laughs> She's one in a million, she is. Such a clever donkey, full of imagination. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to the Banter Behind the Throne, episode 51. How lovely. I'm Dave Bamford, I'm your king of the castle for today. And I'm joined today by my water technician, Mr. Peel. How are you, Mr. Peel? I'm very well, Dave. Hello, all. Good. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Craven with us today. Have you any idea why that is? Uh, Craven is fishing Dory in the Mediterranean. Fishing Dory? Yeah, he's gone to go catch Dory so they don't make another sequel. Is, isn't is Dory the endangered one, or is that Nemo? Because one of them's endangered now, and you're not allowed to catch them. Not allowed to have them oh. as a uh, fish. Someone should probably send him a text, because I'm not sure. Oh, I hope we'll go with one. Nemo. We'll leave Nemo out of this and just get Dory instead. Okay. Well, he can get whichever one is uh, officially not endangered. We'll say that, yeah? Yes. Fantastic. Lovely. Okay, and uh, in the absence of Craven, we've conscripted a guest, and this week's dirty rascal is Wex. Say hello, Wex. Hello, Wex. Fantastic. Uh, you may remember Wex from last week when he joined us for the Paramore Invitational. Um, we popped on for a five-minute conversation and interview and ended up chatting for an hour and a quarter, I think. Uh, I had so much fun, I couldn't resist having him back at the earliest opportunity. I am delightful. Well, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so uh, this week um, we're going to do a chapter pack review, obviously. Uh, it's Across the Seven Kingdoms has just come out. I have a copy in my hand. Well, that's not strictly speaking. In my hand is uh, some uh, Tyrell cards, some Night's Watch cards, and a couple of first edition cards for some reason. Uh, I think they're Tagore's, and I need to give them back. Um, yeah, because I borrowed some of his first edition cards and haven't given them back yet. So that's what's in my hand. But next to that, next to that is a copy of the new chapter pack. Uh, so we can we can review that. Lovely. Um, but before that, very uh, quick. Um, yeah. It clownfish are endangered because of Finding Nemo. Blue okay. tangs are fine to fish. Okay, so it's Nemo himself that is endangered. <laughs> yes. So Disney's caused the extinction of a species. No, no, no. It's endangered. It's not extinct. <laughs> endangered. Good old Disney. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Well, you know, I really want a dragon, but they're endangered as well. So, uh, that's sad. They are. Yeah. You haven't met my grandmother. <laughs> she lives in Seam, so, doesn't she? She does. She does live in Seam. <laughs> I hear it's a lovely place. It is. It is a lovely place. Just for, yeah. for reference. It's called Downings. Uh, uh, it makes my day. And they have a statue of a fisherman. You had a, a great time of Wikipedia that night, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> Facts about Siam. Siam! Christ. Wait, they do not have a statue of a fisherman. Yeah, they do. I swear they do, yeah. On the seafront? On the, on the seafront, by the seashore. No, that's a statue of a World War II soldier. 
But that's where she sells seashells, you know, now near the seashore where the statue of the fisherman is. No, uh, looking it up on Wikipedia, it is most definitely a soldier. He has a gun. Oh. Uh, and not the kind <laughs> you shoot fish with, like, it's a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, I see he's got one of those fish guns over there. <laughs> well, like a harpoon, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, let's go for a recap of the Reading Regional. Peel, did you go to the Reading Regional? I did not. Wex, did you go to the Wedding Reading Regional? I did not. Okay, I went to the Reading Regional. Did, did you go to the Reading Regional? <laughs> I did go to the Reading Regional. Oh, uh, how was it? There were 55 players, which is the second biggest regional we've had in the UK this year. Um, 50 f- sorry, how many, sorry? 55. 55 players at a regional? Yeah. That is fantastic. It's not bad, is it? Especially for that a meta a- that didn't exist this time last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. That is literally... That's something else. Well done. Fair play. So that was very good. Um, mm. We did six rounds. Cut to top eight. It was very nice. Uh, I went for a, a Nando's date with Hamez and Wama and Keb, uh, which was really nice. Um, I won lots of games. I won four of my games in Swiss and lost two of my games in Swiss. Uh, I lost to Miguel, the eventual winner, who played Lannis the Dragon. Uh, that was disgusting because he saw Duke Tywin on setup. Um, I think Gregor and Tyrion by the end of turn one. Um, so I had a sad time. Uh, and uh, and I lost to uh, Alex playing a Barra Lion deck um, because Stannis made me sad and he keep kept drawing dupes at inop- inopportune times so I couldn't kill anything, which was incredibly frustrating um, mm. and then I, I won some other games against many lovely people um, I beat Ryan Wood in the top 8 he was playing that dirty Stark deck but I saw Tyene on setup and he saw Winterfell late so that was good for me um, and then I got abused by Whammer playing his Tyrell Gencon deck which we won't go into detail but it wasn't pretty it was not pretty at all uh, so that was my Reading recap. I thought I'd be very quick. Oh, I was playing Martel Wolf. Um, I don't want to go into detail too much for a couple of reasons. One, I've already extolled the, vol- the virtues of Martel Wolf twice on the cast, and two, I'm probably going to play it in a couple of weeks at Nationals, so you can get a fuller, more recent tournament report then. Because obviously, Reading's now like two weeks ago, and I can't really remember what happened. Because I'm an alcoholic. Um, the best part... Well, there's two particularly fun things about Reading. Oh, three. The first game I won because someone was playing cards from the new pack, and so as soon as they flipped Varus's riddle, I won because it wasn't legal. So that was nice. Mm. Uh, the second one was before the cut. Uh, Hamez came over and kissed me good luck, which was nice before he went to the, the cut. And Wammer was just like, oh, where's my kiss? So Keb came over and gave Wammer a kiss. He was like, oh, that's lovely. And then Keb gave me a kiss, and Hamez gave James a kiss, and then James gave me a kiss, and I gave James a kiss. And it was lovely. And we both won our top eight games. So uh, it clearly worked. So that's the uh, the secret <laughs> tech, is give each other good luck kisses before the top eight. Very, very tired. <laughs> oh, if, we, if the English bring anything to Starleg yes, this year. <laughs> We've we brought so much in the past. <laughs> Just everyone lining up to give the top eight good luck kisses. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the la- like the last person in line for that though. <laughs> Do you really want to be the first though? It's, it's not like proper kisses. It's like pecks on the cheek. 
we weren't like full on going for it. It's still, it's still a saliva of like 200 odd people. (laughs) Only on a cheek, (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) It'd be a lot of herpes. Rippin'? Okay. Um, So my last fun story was that I got two warnings from Tagore for inappropriate behaviour during the game. Uh, because <laughs> it wasn't inappropriate behaviour as such, uh, but I uh, triggered green dreams without giving my opponent a chance to use Winterfell. Um, he, he wasn't going to use Winterfell, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I, I noticed it. I was like, oh, I can't look at this card. So uh, sorry. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. Don't worry about it. But Tagore gave me a warning. Uh, and then at the end of that round, I forgot to discard to reserve and went into marshalling and had like a hundred cards in my hand. I was like, wait a second, this is wrong. Uh, so I showed to go on my hand and was like, look, I'm winning this game. I've got Gaston Grey on the table. I've got two copies of Gaston in my hand. Uh, and I've got two copies of Red Vengeance. L- if you look, this is what I had. It was obvious I would have discarded a Gaston and a Vengeance. However dirty that sounds, they were the, clearly the ones to discard. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so I got a second warning. I was on my final warning. Uh, but then I won and it was fine. And then I got my ass kicked. So that was fine as well. Um, but overall, it was a great success. So thanks for Tagore and uh, James Nowicki for um, hosting that. Uh, I had a great time, and I think that just wraps about. That's about it for my very very brief Reading recap. Have you guys got any questions before we move on to the chapter pack with you? Was Reading as lovely as I hear? Um, it was fine. We found a nice pub that sold Frontier Lager, which was a. Uh, which is a nice lager, although I didn't get to sample any. Um, I hear James and Keb got some good Pokemon. Okay. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I want yeah. some store credit for coming top four. That's not Fair bad. Enough. So I essentially got free entry, which is nice. Uh, what did you get with the store credit? I haven't spent it yet. Um, you can spend it online, so I'm going to buy the next Star Wars chapter pack with it. Oh! There wasn't really oh, Star there. Wars... Star Wars is in a funny place, isn't it? It's in what, sorry? It's in a bit of a funny place. Uh, I think it's in a fairly healthy place, meta-wise, as far as I can tell. Because, like, from what I've heard, the playtesters haven't been given anything new to playtest. That's Conquest, I believe. No, it's definitely Star Wars. As well? Oh, oh dear. I believe so, and I think it might have something to do with that um, Star Wars Destiny that's coming out. Maybe. That, it would be sad if uh, they cut Star Wars, because I really like Star Wars. Conquest is wank. I really like Star Wars. I think it's a very, very fun and interesting game. Yeah, and it's just got to a place where there's enough cards to really make it, make it quite healthy. Like, it really suffered yeah. from a, a delay in releases and a small card pool for the first couple of years because of the pod-based deck-building system. But now it's in a really, really nice place, and I'm struggling to make uh, deck-building decisions, not just what's my 10th pod in my Sith deck going to be but like how do I build my Sith deck completely like there's two Vaders and three Palpatines like how, how do I start let alone how do I finish um, I just love that I can have a proper Sith spawn deck yeah exactly like there's there's theme decks now and everything and it's just it's really nice it's a really nice place so I'd be really sad if they uh, if they stopped it um, whereas Conquest I couldn't give two shits because that game's boring as sin um <laughs> but 
Fair enough. <laughs> With the potential death of an LCG, there was also a birth of an LCG this week. Did you see that Arkham Horror, the LCG, is coming out? A cooperative yes. Cthulhu game. I'm oh. I'm very... oh. It looks pretty good. Like, Eldritch Horror is one of my favourite games, and uh, Call of Cthulhu was very underrated. I didn't play it very much. I got in right at the end, but it was... What I did play, I had a great time. And obviously, Peel, you're a, uh, you've got card designs in that game, so... I, I do, yeah. Um, so, do you know if... Can, under... you, can you break your NDA? Can they, are they going over to Arkham Horror LCG? Will we see Peeler and uh, the other one? I, I can't disclose that information at the moment, but I can strongly... In, it's going to be a peely kind of year. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be appealing. <laughs> <laughs> I said a peely. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I like both. Yeah. What's the other... What's a your other... Ch- oh, the Peel Association, of course. <laughs> that's what you call... Uh, <laughs> that's what you shout the when club. you walk into a, uh, into a bar. The Peel Association's here! Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I get drunk enough now with that in my brain, Dave, I probably will this weekend. It does sound like some sort of wrestling promo, doesn't it? <laughs> it <you> does. <laughs> a bunch of very conservative bobbies with the old school top hats. <laughs> but they all look like you. <laughs> <laughs> and their subtitle is Protecting Mankind. Like, that's good. It is properly meant to be an old school coffer, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like... Oh, and it's a good card. It just costs lots. I like it. I think there's solid design peel. I'm just really sad that they didn't credit you on either of them. I know, I know. And it's know. also really impressive that you got a card design into the core set. Uh, but I it's guess you've been playing it since it's a CCG, so you got that kind of swing. <laughs> I'll tell you what's even more impressive, Dave. The release date on that as well. I must have been young when that came out. Oh, what, the, the Cthulhu core set? Oh. Yeah. That's what, like 2011? Before the Thrones yeah. set. Right then, on to some uh, some other content. But before that, I forgot to tell you that Costas won the Glasgow Regional. So congratulations to Costas. Can we have a round of applause? <laughs> Lovely. Well done, Costas. Uh, well, I, I wasn't there, but I assume it was a very good tournament if you won it. Uh, so now on to our chapter pack review. Across the Seven Kingdoms is the first chapter pack in the War of the Five Kings cycle. Unprepared. Um... And, of course, as is tradition, we shall rate the cards on our own rating scale, uh, which is very, very loose. But, in essence, a card is just bollocks, the dog's bollocks, or I'd rather feed the birds. Uh, I'd rather feed the birds, meaning um, it's all right, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's a bit complex to I'd explain, rather... isn't it? But I'd rather go no, not really, and feed the birds. It's quite simplistic, really. Because <laughs> instead of playing Thrones, I'd rather take this sandwich, which I've brought from a local Tesco, and feed it to the birds, because this card bores me. Yeah. But it's playable, but you're not going to go out your way, are you? You're not going to go, wow, that's a fine piece of card. I better hunt that down. You're just going to go, mm, you know what? Yeah, I'd rather feed the birds and just walk off. The perfect example, of course, being Ilan Payne. Because Peel said, you know, Lannister can afford this. This is like tuppence to a Lannister. And if I was a Lannister with that tuppence, I would rather spend that tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag and feed the birds. What <laughs> 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 <All the> tuppence. <laughs> and that is not... I wasn't swearing when I said tuppence there. 
<laughs> I meant that in the in the financial Same form. For the tuppence. old English currency. Yes. Well, we still use the word tuppence. Uh, well, it's you not say very common that. because nothing costs tuppence. <laughs> no. I was going to say I don't think I've heard the word tuppence in the past at least four years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as a country we could probably get rid of pennies and. Uh, if that was the case, the only thing that would change would be the uh, the number of mo- the, the amount of money charities take. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's always just they give you like four p and you're just like I'll oh, just put it in a pot and just and that's that's what funds charity in this country. So. So you know how um, two pence is tuppence and three yes. pence is threepence. Uh, my friend invented an entire system to to count how many pennies you have. From one to a hundred, and it's very impressive. It's whoppins, tuppins, thruppins, fuppins, fippins, sippins, seppins, eppins, dippins, teppins, and so on and so forth, all the way to a hundred. It's uh, it was really quite impressive. So uh, yeah. really, the process of counting how many pennies you have is what our currency is currently based on, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but naming them, you know, like you don't say, oh, right. "I want to pay you nine pence." You pay him nippins. 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 Doesn't that sound nicer? Sounds a little bit saucy. <laughs> it does. But like, you know, it's just like, oh, I bought a monster for £1.19 and I paid £1.20. Uh, this is a, an actual story from yesterday. Uh, and I got weapons change. Doesn't that sound better than a penny change? It's not that I would tell that story like as a general rule. <laughs> That's not like my top story of the week that I'm going to tell at the quiz tomorrow. <laughs> I bought a monster. <laughs> I got a penny change. <laughs> Tell you what, though, Dave, that, that's a story for when you come into work and people ask you, oh, how are you? You go, well, a crazy night. Take <laughs> yourself down. I went to the shop, brought myself a, uh, you know, a bit of an age drink, a bit of a perk up, and uh, paid with a pound. They gave me weapons change. Yeah. Like uh, weapons? Yeah, yeah. A whole weapons. Yeah, and then you just fade off and just leave it there. Um, and then the person who sits next to you just looks at you with a bemused look for the rest of the day. Yeah. See, and it's worth keeping those weapons, because if I go every week, every day, every two weeks, I've just saved myself money when I need to pay that. I like to think of them a bit like a loyalty card. Mm, exactly. Because they do work very similar ways. You put all your weapons and tuppence in a pot, and then after you've brought X amount of weapon things, you get enough weapons and tuppence to buy another thing. Exactly. Exactly. British economy. Yeah. Solved by Dave and Peel. <laughs> okay. Loyalty cast for society. Let's start the chat to pack review. The first cut, as is tradition, we, we are sorted by artist. Uh, unfortunately, are. it sorts by first name of artist, not last name of artists. But uh, sure. first up, we have Janos Slint. He's a character. He's a loyal Lannister character. And this is a character that costs five and has two strengths. He has military and intrigue icons, and the mercenary trait. He has intimidate and action. Pay weapons to give Janos Slint plus two strength until the end of the phase. His illustrator is Anthony Felicciano, uh, and he looks like he's really given it some in the art. He's just like, yeah, yeah, come get he's some. He's very angry about something, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think he's doing an inspiring speech. He's like, not even The Rock could take this belt from me, I'm winning all the wrestling matches um, but Vince McMahon's going to come down and then he's going to get hit with a steel chair by Triple H <laughs> that does happen yeah basically 
He looks a little bit like an old version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Janos 316 like, like says... <laughs> Stone Cold Slint. Well, there we go. What do we reckon to him? I like him! Actually, he's not very good because it dies to Venomous Blade. <laughs> this is true. He does. Venomous Blade without the intrigue icon targeting restriction. Ooh, what a wonderful card. Ooh, so excited. Lovely. I I think he's fine. I think he, people are going to have minor heart attacks when he hits the board and then he's not actually going to do as much as you think he will. But... It's nice to have the threat there. Yeah. He looks more intimidating than he is. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's very Kind of true. one of those... He's like, he's probably... Yeah, he looks really hard, but I bet you he's got a bit of a high voice. So he's like, yeah, uh, angry, and then all of a sudden he talks. He's just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Basically, you're gonna be paying, you're gonna be paying like one gold to deepen his voice a bit, and that's how he gets more strength. Yeah, but you're gonna have to deepen his voice because he ain't gonna do anything like that. Are we it's equating? Too high. Oh, sorry. Are you equating a? Uh... A deep voice with power and strength, because uh, and like that's uh, that could be a bit non-PC. That might not be appropriate. Well, not necessarily, sure but people with higher voices are people too. True, true. <laughs> High voice hate club. Like, oh no, <laughs> they're going at it again. <laughs> Quick, get them, lads. <laughs> I must say, they're less of a people, but. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Janos Slint, cheeky one-off, but we're not we're not super enthused about him, but he's very solid. Anything else? He is. I'd rather feed the birds. You'd rather feed the birds. Well, with yeah. Lannister, you can feed as many birds as you want, and that's why you can. You've got the tuppence. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, every time you do an injury challenge, you get tuppence off Tyrion. You do. Yeah. So that's good. All right then. Uh, Peel, would you like to read the next card as it's a great card? I think I will, yeah. I think I will. Let's have a little look at you. He's called Captain's Daughter. He's called Captain's Daughter. Well, she's called Captain's Daughter um, in this incident. Character, faction, Greyjoy. Costs four, only got one icon of a power and strength two. Ally, so... Mm. After a non-loyal character enters play, kneel your faction card and sacrifice Captain's Daughter to place that character on the top of its owner's deck. Non-unique. Well, it's a bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> I think... After a non-loyal character, I'm trying to think... It gets rid of the wee little man. The wee little man. Do you mean Tyrion? Mm. That's the one. <laughs> you know, stops him getting tuppence, Dave. It stops him getting tuppence. And oh, that is not something that could be taken lightly. However, she costs, like, lots. Um, yeah. I can only think, like, things worth hitting with it would be, what, like, the Mountain, um, Tyrion, uh, probably, like, Asher, Theon. Oh, the Mountain would be a tasty hit. Like, we. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, like, I mean, Fast Eddie. Um, I think, to be carrier. honest, having one of these in your deck wouldn't be a bad shout. Because if you don't, or a couple of these, because if you don't use it, 
oh well. But if you do have something like, you know you're playing against Lannister and you suspect it, guess rid of the mountain and that's kind of going to hit him. Yeah. It will be a lot more interesting as Mill gets developed. Hmm. Right. But it adds to your opponent. Oh, so you can mill it straight away, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I see. Yeah, bouncing something like Tyrion or the Mountain and then making sure they're not coming back is, is better, certainly. Bouncing now, something like Tyrion or the Mountain and then using your Mountain. Yes, I was just thinking that. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay, so this uh, Lanny Banner Kraken likes this card. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it'd be it'd be um, Lanny Banner. No, wouldn't it be Greyjoy Banner Lion? Sorry. No, this isn't loyal. No, you'd have to play it if you wanted. Oh, because I, well, I'm assuming you'd be playing Euron and stuff with Pillage. True, true, but this guy's expensive, and if you've got Tywin, then that helps. Oh yeah, that's a card, isn't it? Yeah, Tywin's Tywin is a card. But I guess Euron helps with uh, economy as well once you've got him going. If you get King's Road. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think he's underrated, or she's underrated. Like, she's claimed soak on a first snow turn at the worst. If she stops your opponents playing their big non-loyal characters, great. Uh, if you can get use out of her, great. Like, she clogs draw as well. If your opponent wants to waste a tears or a put on them to get so they can play their characters, all right, sure, great. Like, uh, yeah, I think I think she's underrated at the moment. Not brilliant, but uh, certainly underrated. It's interesting. I don't think it'll see much play for the time being. No. No. Now, if it's you, got potential. Uh, play her in Tyrell, so you can put her into play with Banterbridge, and then. Uh, your opponent puts a card into play, you put Captain's Daughter into play, then sacrifice her and, uh, well, the other way around, sacrifice her, remove that character. Lovely. Yeah. She's very <laughs> good, she's free. Would be quite entertaining just to kill one of the beasties. Yeah, so I'm going to build that deck now. <laughs> That's not bad. Like, <laughs> that bad does dragon. sound amusing. Okay. I just think everything's think a bit better with Banterbridge, though. Everything is better with Banterbridge, yeah. But we'll get to Banterbridge. Go on then, Peel. You read us the next card. You sure? Yeah. All right then. So, Colin of Greenpools. He's a character. He's Tyrell. He costs two, and he's loyal to Tyrell as well. He ain't fooling around with other houses. He's a knight. Another knight. I do like this. And perfectly, and this is fantastic. During power challenge challenges. Sir Colin of Greenpools gains plus three strength. And that's not on attack, and that's not on defence, that's both. That is power challenges. Oh. Oh. He's tasty, I like him. He is very nice. He's cheap, he's very efficient, he, he's bang for your buck. It's a nice little card to see. I do like cards like this, the ones that are cheap, but have features like that. They just make them... It's like the cheap, efficient character, like unique characters that you just immediately put one of in a deck anyway. Yeah, just default. That's going to be in every deck that runs Tyrell, uh, and you know, as a house, that's that's just going to be there. Yeah. See a lot of him. And if the knight synergy becomes more important again, like it was for that, you know, I have a feeling period. it's going to be. 
Yeah, I have a feeling Night Synergy and Tyrell could be a thing properly. That's what they're going to go down. Well, it, it was a thing for about three weeks until first snow came out. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a thing again in the future. At um, some point. Yeah, but no, I, I I agree. Just you know, cheeky one-offs of Colin and a lot of Tyrell decks. He's just mm. he's just a solid, non-unique character. A solid, solid, unique character, and he's loyal for um, any bonuses that you get from that like you play them in fealty I assume there's a card later in the pack which gives you bonuses for loyal cards I can imagine that will be coming for every I believe you get that. something like that maybe a bold statement but I'd say he's the first dog's bollocks we've had in this uh, card selection so far I'm not sure I'm not sure he's dog's bollocks a one off two cost unique character I, I, I think just because he's going to go in every deck you know he's he's Every you every Tyrell deck is going to have this card, in, and for that reason, I believe actually a, a worthy enough thing to go. Oh, that's the dog's bollocks. I think he's very very solid. I'm, I'm not sure he's, uh, you know. The thing is though, you wouldn't rather go and feed the birds. No, I wouldn't. No, I'd rather spend my two my tuppence on him. So there we go then. He's Take worth your tuppence. The birds are going hungry. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Uh, Next card, Levies at the Rock. Uh, zero cost Lannister event. Zero cost uh, events are nice for the inevitable Darkwing's Dark Words. Uh, reaction, after a player initiates a challenge against you, move up to X gold from that player's gold pool to your own, where X is the number of attacking characters. I don't really think that's very good, if I'm perfectly honest. Well, like, if I've got this in the right situation, it's really good. But... Yeah, but... <laughs> How often have you gone into attack uh, a Lannister, for example, when not playing Lannister, and had really that much gold on your house? You might have one or two if you're holding on to an event, but yeesh, you're not generally going in with like, aha, look at all this gold. Um, I think the important thing is that it stops things like put to the sword and tears. Like you it attack, does. you've got that one um, gold, you've got to attack with at least one person. You attack with mm-hmm. put to the sword, you're probably attacking with at least two people. Like so, it just stops the kill event before you even. Yeah, but out of all the things in Lannister at the moment, can you do you really want to draw this like urgently? Like, oh, (laughs) really, just want to draw this one card because that will be useful in this specific situation. Like, it's good if it comes out, but it's not. It's just not got the. um, It's not got no spunk. It's kind of like meh, meh. I'd rather feed the birds again. That's yeah. Um, don't particularly like it, really. It's one of them like there's a good few Lannister events that are just like yeah, yeah. And you like you read them, you're like, well, that's all right, but it doesn't really fit in with how they're playing at the minute. And there's nothing you'd really want to take out of a deck for it. Yeah, I mean. It could prevent. It could. Uh, it could replace Hand's Judgment in some decks as a, a preemptive counter, prevention rather than cure. But it's not really reliable enough for that, especially in a in a house like Lannister, which can afford Hand's Judgment quite handily at most times. Yeah, and Hand's Judgment's just a lot more um, toolboxy. It's just yeah. a lot more non-situational. Versatile. That's the word I was looking for. 
Okay, so we're we're not really convinced, but it's fine. All right, uh, peel, go. Rains of Autumn. This is the, our first plot of this week. It's a neutral. Four gold, three initiative, one claim with a reserve of six. And it's got a new different kind of trait called uh, Omen. Um, is there any other Omen cards? Is that a new one? First Snow um, is Omen. Is it Omen? Omen. In the, ooh, I do like the idea of Omen becoming a thing. That could be cool. Anyway, characters and locations do not provide positive gold modifiers. That's not that bad. I quite like it. I don't think it's it's sorry. Um yeah, I was gonna say yeah, go go Wex. Um I quite enjoy it from if chalk becomes a thing later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Um obviously I've always loved playing chalk anyway, and it would just be nice to be like it's decent gold itself. And being able to shut down what Shutting down the Arbor, shutting down Tywin for a turn. It just seems nice. Mm. But does it does it do enough? Like, because they've still got their plot gold. Unlike naval, where you you know you could be costing them five to ten gold. With this, you know, you, you're probably only costing them four, maybe. If you time it right, it's easier to time than uh, naval, of course. Like. I really liked it in first edition. I played it in um, one of the first tournaments I went to when we were playing with a very small card pool. Um, and I really liked it. But I just can't see myself slotting this in unless Lannister get really, really out of hand or Tyrell get really, really out of hand. And you can time it against their naval if they're playing it. Mm. Then you're laughing. So I can't say I'm convinced. <laughs> I really liked it in first edition. Well, how different was it in first edition? Was it pretty much exactly the same? Uh, it didn't have a reserve. Well, obviously. I think it was the same though. The stats were a bit different, though. I'm sure they were. It was definitely four gold. So, like proportionally, it was. Yeah, it was four five one, and it also stopped attachments. So it was considerably better. Yes, it really was. Yeah, because Levy of the Rock was a zero-cost, uh, non-limited attachment which you could attach to your locations to make them produce to produce more gold, um, which is a reasonable amount of play in Lannister. Um, so it stopped that as well. Uh, there was the the Lannisport Steward, except he wasn't limited, and there was one for each icon, and they're all one cost. So like there was tons of tons more gold essentially. On the characters and locations. Uh, so in a small card pool, that's especially in the corset, which sorry, it was a card, especially in the corset. Yes, yeah. And uh, at four five one is like solid stats. Well, they're really good stats for a first edition plot. Um, yeah. So yeah, you could slot it in, and yeah. As I say, I don't think I ran any. You know, in this first one of my first tournament decks, I'm not sure I even ran any gold locations. I just ran the reducers, so I don't think it hit me. But yeah, um, maybe when uh, Knights of the Holly Hill come back, it will be really good because it's obviously <laughs> agendas. 
there you go. Alright, um... Next plot, uh, next card then, Wax. It's a zero-cost neutral event called The Dragon's Tail. Yeah. It's an omen. Oh. And there's an action, choose an opponent, you and that opponent each draw two cards. I love it. Yeah. I really, really like it. Um, I've seen it played to be able to dig through your deck to get combo pieces. And more importantly, it's such a melee card. And mm. I'm really looking forward to melee being more about negotiating than just being boring big stuff. <laughs> yeah. With the lack of support that melee has been you know, confirmed to be getting, it's mm. interesting that they print what is essentially a melee card. Because thing is, I've... The concept of melee excites me. It makes it sound interesting, but I know in practice it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's it's, it's fun. It's it did though, work. It? it worked very well. I feel like first edition melee was such a fun game. I haven't actually played second edition melee the last. Oh, Starlek! I will be playing it. I'll be playing my late Stalic, and I'm very excited for it because of cards like this. When uh, when they announced, you know, when we saw the core set in its entirety, I was concerned that there were no melee cards, like proper melee cards like this, where not just you know, oh, I'll use my Marjorie to buff you, or I'll take someone else's icon with Kalia, or I'll Drakara something. Like actual trading cards to give your opponents boosts and give you both boosts to make mm. deals with, because um, obviously we had the trade plots in first edition. Uh, what I'm hoping is that they realised that they were a good part of the game because I think they were, um, and they allowed oh, them to be uh, to be more consistent and you to everyone to get a decent start. If you wanted to play a combo deck, you could play you know like um, a card that would allow you to go and get your wall turn one or whatever. Um, if you wanted to do that, you could, because somebody would want to trade with you. Uh, hopefully they'll do, like, a melee deluxe box once they finish the other ones. Uh, that would be that. really good. And then they could put, uh, like, 2v2 and Kingsmoot and stuff in there as well if they wanted. Just do all the very important Because there's, like, the Star Wars deluxe box, which uh, adds um, 2v2 and, like, 3 versus 1. So they could easily That'd do that nice. for Thrones. I haven't played anything from Balance of the Force. I've bought it for the like four pods that you could use normally, but never played it. I've played two three versus one games, uh, both times as the one. Uh, oh, oh yeah. a three versus one and a two versus one. Uh, it was fun, but it was long. It seems like it would be, to be fair. Like I've flicked through the decks and everything, and they seem to just go on forever. Yeah, yeah, but things like the uh, you know the the one. Palpatine in there is just they're so powerful and they're a lot of fun to play because obviously you have to like play against uh, two or three players at once you need powerful characters but yeah it was it was a lot of fun but yeah Dragon's Tail would you play it in Joust? Um, if I was playing a combo deck then yeah yeah because Dig's good and to be fair you're giving your opponent cards um, but if you can time it right so if you're playing second then you're just giving them cards that they're going to have to discard for a reserve, in theory. As long as, yeah, you're not using it at the start of every round. 
Should be alright. Yeah, you can use it in a standing. Before yeah. They have to des- uh, discard to reserve and taxation. Uh, yeah, I if you go a second, use it in marshalling. To be fair, it wouldn't really affect you that much there, I suppose. I can't. They ain't got any. Go on. Sorry. I was going to say they haven't got any gold on their plot. I, c- I can't see myself playing it in, in Joust unless I'm playing a very, very dedicated combo deck. Uh, yeah, like, I w- like, you wouldn't throw it in there, but for combo decks, it's useful. So, uh, the next card is the same thing again, but this time it is Shirak Kia, which I assume is how you say that. It is a non-loyal Targaryen event, it costs zero, it is also an omen. And after you win a power challenge by five or more strength, you can nil your faction card to choose and stand a participating character. Um, and interestingly, it is the same artist that did both this and the Dragon's Tail. You can tell as well because he likes drawing skies. Yeah. He could Loves be Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Just missing a tree or two. Okay, so what, little what do we what do we think to the uh, the Targ version of the Dragon's Tail? Uh, it's not as interesting. It's, it's probably more useful in Joust, but what you isn't Illyrio just better? Yeah, he's more versatile, but standing Miri pretty good, although is she 4 strength? No, she's 5 strength. Um, if you get an opposed with her, obviously. Um, I saw uh, Scantra put up a uh, Robert Baratheon Voltron deck, which ran this. And he is a good target for it. With yes, a power challenge he... by a shit ton of power, stand him up, kneel someone else. It's that kind of thing. Um, so it's probably better as a banner card, so you can stand people like Tywin or, or Bob. Uh, and you can do it on defence as well. Which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely good in melee as well because you want to win those challenges. You want to win those power challenges. And uh, standing characters is really strong in melee. Especially if they've got renown. So, you know, two sides of a different different coin? No, two sides of the same coin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Bill? I don't think it's that great to be honest, Dave. Sure. <laughs> There's nothing. Again, this just. So zero cost. I own. think I'd rather feed the birds. Sure. Okay. What Wex said. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Well, I like it. I probably very... wouldn't run three of them, but a cheeky one off. It is very pretty. It is very pretty. Go on then, Peel. You read the next one. The next one is Pyromancers. Yeah, that's right. Character, faction, neutral. They cost five. Alright. They're going to have to be pretty bloody good now. Uh, they've only got strength two, and they've only got one, you know, singular icon there of entry. Um, dominance action. Kneel Pyromancers and discard one power from your faction card. Choose a non-limited location and discard it from play. He gets killed by Venomous Blade. <laughs> it's not very good, really, is it? Let's be honest. Five cost. Strong effect, but it's an ally. I mean, oh, if it's an ally, Aris Oakart can get him, and Venomous Blade. It's the Janos Slint of uh, 
of second edition, not counting, of course, Janos Slint, who also suffers from those drawbacks. It gets bounced by first snow. No, it doesn't. And is really... Oh, because that's cost, not strength. Yeah. I'll play this game, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. This card confuses me. I don't know if it's brilliant or terrible. Like, it. the effect's so powerful. But it's a five-cost character you don't use in challenges, and even if you want to use it in challenges, it's terrible. But <laughs> but the repeatable location hate is really, really strong. Like, look at Salador Sam from 1st Edition. He was a 4-for-2 ally, and he was brilliant. Yeah, but Salador Sam was a marshalling action as well. He was, and he didn't discard the uh, location. So he was more powerful than this. And, you know... But... Oh, I don't know. I, I need to play with it to see. This is like... It, it was one of those cases where I'm just finding it so hard to judge whether it's good or not. I, think I feel it's like, personally, it could be like insane. It could be a massive game swing. Mm. <laughs> but then there's the rest of the time where it's just sat there and you're like, well... It's not doing anything. Yeah, and it's too expensive for Claim Soak to just play out. Four cost. Five cost. Five cost, yeah. A lot of money. You can put it to play with Ariane. The problem... Do you know the one bad thing about this card? I can guarantee it's going to go in most Lannister decks. Yeah. Whoa, imagine that. You could always afford that with Lannister. True. You'd be like, no, take away... Oh, mate. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. I'm making Lannister deck. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do Lannister Greyjoy. I'm going to make Lannister Choke. Yeah. Mm. Well, hold off on uh, your Lannister Choke deck for now. Until we get to the <laughs> card further down in this pack. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm... I'm undecided about pyromancers. <laughs> Which is not what the people want. They want big, bold decisions. So, I guess I'll take the stance that I like him and I think he's good. And I think <laughs> if the Night's Watch ever get out of control, he's our boy. Which is yeah, Night's nice Watch. Look at these Night's nice Watch boys getting up in my face. No. Yeah. Nah, mate. Nah. Pyromancers. Burn down your wall. Yeah. Alright. Yes. Wet. The two oh, unhappy chappies as well. Sorry? They're two very unhappy looking chaps. Well, they're pyromancers, they are. They've been, like, neglected for 20 years. They're living in a cave. Or underground King's Landing. They look sad. Who are they? Next location. Well, next card. Stark location. Non-loyal. River Run. Cost two. Reaction, after power is gained, buy or move to a House Tully character, Neil Riverrun to have that character gain a power. And? Good? Blackfish combo? Definitely Blackfish. <laughs> Definitely good for if you're trying to rush. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you're not rushing, you don't run this card, right? Yeah, it seems it seems like an archetype. Hey, the River Run Rush was a uh, an archetype in first edition. I'm glad they were uh, stuck to their roots. I uh, yeah, it it seems seems strong in the right deck. I think Stark Rush is already not a thing, but you know they're very good at power challenges and they have a lot of renown, and this just helps that. Have we got any more for River Run, or is that just uh, that it? 
it's kind of yeah. hard to comment on. Like it's you just, said, it's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just does things, doesn't it? Really? So, uh... yeah. It helps Stark win, which is really upsetting. Yeah, but yeah. someone's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just don't want Stark to go back to the way it always was in first edition and just being boringly efficient. Oh, that's <laughs> so boring. <laughs> It was it was awful. I hated play. I hated looking at start cards because they made me want to die. <laughs> yeah. I used to love playing against them though, because every so often you just get someone who was trying to outmill you. I used to love just Stark mill decks. The Stark mill decks, one of the things that as a Greyjoy player, you just relish the opportunity to do. Like, oh, what's that? You've got lots of things. Oh well, I'll stealth half your board and do a big tasty claim. We will clarify that the appeal means military challenges. And not milling the opponent's deck. Stark milk is <laughs> not a thing in first edition. <laughs> I was like, what decks were you playing against, Peel? I think the most interesting Stark deck was probably, like, the Bolton decks. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even work. <laughs> I liked the Stark Maesters decks. Because of all the stand from the, uh, the Star Wars characters and things like that. And, of course, uh, Hod Gates of Winterfell was quite entertaining. In a horrible, horrible way. Uh, okay, the next card. Tower of the Sun. I'm so happy I get to read a Martell card. It's a Martell location, and it is two cost, and it is loyal, and it is dawn. And it is reaction after an event is played. Gain one gold, limit once per phase, and it is terrible. <laughs> it's such oh. a wank card. Is it? It's though? got four or five stars on card game DB. How? It's so bad. Like, you play this, why are you not playing, why are you not playing t- um, Tawny Grounds instead, which is way more useful, it's cheaper, it reduces events, so you don't need the gold to begin with. Um, mm. If you're playing this, you need to be running zero gold events that can be played outside of the challenge phase, so you can get the gold to use on actual useful things, uh, of which Martel doesn't have any. Uh, so you ban a Tyrell for the deck manipulation, which is cool, yeah. But I'd rather still not play this. I'd rather play better cards. It <laughs> might be good when Darkwing's Dark Words comes out, and you're running loads of different events. And it might be good in Knights of the Hollow Hill when that comes out, if that stops you from getting gold bonuses from your locations, and you tend to run a lot of events in that deck. But at present, it is awful. It, it really is. I don't know, even know why they put it limit once per phase. Yeah. But it just seems like it would be interesting if it wasn't limit once per phase. Yeah, if, but, I, if I could, you know, play Nightmares for free, essentially, like pay the gold, keep the gold, um, maybe maybe even gain gold with Tawny, because I've used Tawny Grounds as well, so suddenly I'm gaining gold and... Uh, now I've got enough of Red Vengeance and they didn't realise it. Great, that would be awesome. But I can't. So <laughs> why bad. would I play this two-cost unique location? Could you put on setup? Yay! But I'm not running two of them, so yeah, it's bad. I I do not know how that has four stars. That is that is disgusting. That offends me. Well, I'm used to Martel getting a lot of bad cards to counteract counteract all their good cards that they normally get. But uh, Tower of the Sun depresses me. Let's move on. 
Alright, um, Peel, would you like to take the next card? Ah, uh, shit. Hang on a minute, am I meant to be taking Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. I was looking at the wrong one. Viserys Targaryen. He costs two. He belongs to Targaryens. Uh, imagine that. Um, he's a loyal. Um, he has one icon, and that's power. He has one strength. And while Viserys Targaryen is attacking, each king character must be declared as a defender, if able. And then he also has an interrupt. When the dominance phase ends, if no opponent controls a king character, Viserys Targaryen gains one power. I think he's very interesting. I think if you've got a lot of characters with Deadly, that could be quite amusing against Baratheon. Yes, Deadly. That keyword that totally exists. <laughs> really strong in this edition. <laughs> I really wish it was there. <laughs> you can banner to Greyjoy for throwing axe. Yeah, that could do it. And that's how you murder their Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. There's a deck peel. There's Go. another deck, babe. <laughs> he's like... He's good. Like, There's nothing wrong with him. He's solid. He's fine. But... The other one's better, I think, at the moment. The other one discards attachments when it dies? When he leaves play. Oh, yeah. Which is, of course, very important in a first snow meta. With much yes. running around. Um, he... I don't know. Like, Obviously, he's only going to get better because there'll be more kings printed. So that's good. But at the moment, I I wouldn't play. I mean, at the moment, there are only two kings, at, not counting other copies of Viserys. So he's pretty useless, even if it means kneeling out your opponent's Robert Baratheon. But yeah, it's not. Really, I was useful. I was thinking it'd be it'd be really really good for a two cost character to kneel out Rob, but then what's it doing in every other matchup? Yeah, yeah, because it's not like Rob uh, Stark sees a lot of play anyway. So well, I mean. In other matchups, he's claiming power every turn. But I'd rather kill him for claim, mm. or I'll lose him to first snow or whatever. So if it was on the house card, it would be better. But it's not. So I'm not going to waste like bodyguards on him to keep him alive or anything like that. So yeah, very cool card. A, a solid card, but not at the expense of dropping the other Viserys at this point. No. Until there's more kings. Alright then, Wex, would you like to read your namesake? My namesake? Sort of. Well, yeah, I suppose. It's only my surname. Yeah. Um, Greyjoy location. It's loyal. Costs two. It is nothing other than the Isle. Well, the not the Isle of Pike. The Castle of Pike. I assumed it was On the Pike Island, Island of Pike. But I guess it shows the castle pretty prominently, so it mm. could be either. Isn't Pike just one massive castle anyway? Pretty much. Or it's is it the castle like Pike on the Island of Pike? So it's pretty um, ambiguous. I think in this case it is. Greyjoy are not very good with names, are they? Let's be honest. Pike is just the it. name of the castle. No, it's the name oh. of the island oh, no. as well. Oh, it is, yeah. Ugh. It's uh. both. 
It's both. So it's Pike on Pike. It's just like it's what, Pike on. What if we have an island called Pike, and we call our castle Pike, and we call all our bastards Pike, and then we mm-hmm. don't have to learn any new names, and then that's fine. <laughs> Job's done. Let's go pillage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And make some bastards to put on Pike. It's like lads, I can't be bothered naming people. I can't like just. I've been fishing. I can't feel Pike. Eh? We'll just name everything Pike. Yeah, done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just uh, let's just go home. Like, <laughs> wait, we'll sit in the pub and wait for this all to blow over. This kid's never going to come back and haunt us in any way, shape, or form when people try and make sense of our islands. See, the you ma- imagine having doesn't... a meeting on Pike. Where are you meeting? No one knows. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you got face. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to find a man called Pike on Pike in Pike. Like what? No. The flavour text doesn't even clarify it. It's like, the point of land on which the Greyjoys had raised their fortress. Like, what? It manages to reference both the island and the castle in one bit of flavour text. <laughs> I'm not telling you what. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, well, so, oh, I think they're talking about the fortress. But then they say the waves had hammered at it night, day and night until the land broke and shattered. So that implies... It's it's the land, the island of Pike, as an entirety, has this effect. So you, you know what? Should someone like email Nate for a clarification? So you if you should. kneel Pike, do you also need to kneel all of your lords' part shipwrights? I I assume so. Because they they'll be on Pike. <laughs> yeah, you could. Well, if yeah, if you kneel Pike, like they're just going to fall off into the ocean. So. <laughs> oh, right. That's not possible. <laughs> Again, can you kneel a castle? So I mean, I, I've never knelt a castle personally. I've knelt in a castle, and I've also knelt on an island. But I don't actually. No, I haven't. Oh well, no. Technically, I have knelt on an island. Have you ever? Been well, you live on an island. I do. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never knelt. I kneel to no man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I went to France once and I I wanted to know what it was like. It was fine. But I'm not going to do it here. <laughs> Banger. <laughs> we all had a good time. A lovely little kneel in France. All right. Do you want to finish reading the card, Wex? I just like I, I just like imagining you dropping things on the floor, but you can't kneel down and pick them up. So you have to like <laughs> go from standing to lying down just to pick up like. <laughs> a bit of paper or something. He could crouch like a girl wearing a skirt who's the skirt is too short and so she won't kneel. She'll just well, this, crouch down this, this, like kind of like a curl like a curtsy. Yeah, like a like a curtsy, yeah. There are to be fair only two ways of crouching. You can either crouch like a girl doing a curtsy or you can crouch like a detective in a in a kind of homicide drama with your legs far <laughs> open as humanly possible. Just like yes, <laughs> you can you can crouch like um, you don't like, kneel next to a body. You crouch. You can crouch like a like a Russian man in a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> you can only crouch like a cop while wearing sunglasses, though. Yeah. Oh, that takes me back to nationals last year, where we thought that everyone was in a cop drama. Wow. <laughs> Which reminds me, those who aren't going already should come to Nationals. Two weeks. Woo! Anyway, carry on. That's why I have the 13th booked off. Yeah. 
Yes, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> I was sat here going, what the fucking tournament is that? Because uh, I thought Nationals was later in the year. No. If you Google, and I realise it's August 13th or bloody ready. If you Google Russian in tracksuit, they're all doing the kneel. Are you they're all, they're all knelt like that. That's your results. Every si- they're all wearing exactly this. They're all wearing Adidas tracksuits as well. That guy is not big. Oh no. Okay, that's... finish reading the card, Wex. Yeah, we. It has the Iron Islands trait, which still doesn't clarify whether it's the castle or the island. <laughs> and as an action, you can kneel Pike to choose a character until the end of the phase. That character gains stealth. You see, ah, right. In reference to this whole debacle again, the old version of Pike, the first edition, had the stronghold keyword. Oh. Great. Which would imply that this is the uh, the island. The island, because it doesn't have the stronghold trait. Of course, neither does River Run or Tower of the Sun. They just yeah, but... have the location. They just have, you know, the River it... Runs. The to river be fair, dawn. there were a lot of useless traits in first edition. Oh, there was. House Brax. Storyteller. Storyteller okay. was a good one. Um, the card seems good. I think it's good. Slight Lost, lost Oasis, sp- but bad. <laughs> yeah, Lost Oasis. I hated Lost Oasis so much. <laughs> yeah. I remember at Starlet, Caitlin got two on set up or in the first turn against me, and I just cried the entire game. <laughs> For those who don't know what Lost Oasis was, it would give stealth to a Martell character. And then when that Martell character bypassed someone with stealth, you would kneel that character. How good is that? And it was only two gold and it was non-unique. That was a really it was card. awful. So it was awful. Yeah, it was. That, that, was a, uh, that was pretty silly, that card. But hey, this is our, our new censored second edition version. And I still think it's really good. Like, it is it's very good. Like, one of the best parts about Longship Great Kraken is the stealth it gives Balon. This can... This can give it to anyone. Or Miri, if you decide to ban her that way. Gonna be a bad person. That'd work really well with, like, the longships and everything, to be fair. Mm. With the raiding longships. You're going to get some unopposed challenges. But fishing nets better than raiding longships anyway. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah, I think it's more versatile. Okay. Doesn't hit no attachments characters. It doesn't, but... Like... uh, Raiding longship isn't going to hit Tywin if he has a bodyguard on him. It's not going to hit quite a lot. Well, it depends. What you need is a nice mix. Yes. Okay. So, uh, Peel, do you have, have you got any thoughts on Pike? Is it going to slot right into your deck, or? Uh, 
um, it's useful, it's cheap, and to be honest, to give someone stealth, that's quite fun. I think it's very also, good. Yeah. End of the challenges phase, give it to them regardless right at the start, and then you can't even be bypassed. Yeah, it's useful on attack and defense, so... Yeah. It's got to go in, really. And it's only two costs, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. They have a lot of good locations now, though. Greyjoy. They do. Way more than any other factions. As it should be. Greyjoy's always had fantastic locations. It has, yeah. Well, yes. Apart from the old version of Pike, because that was bad. (laughs) Yes. That stronghold of a card. Okay, um... So the next card is uh, is one that we've... People have been panning a bit online. But I've seen it in action, and I quite like it, if you if you build around it. Uh, and it's Banter Bridge Encampment. It's a three-cost Tyrell loyal location with the Reach trait. Uh, and the reaction, after a summer plot card is revealed, Neil Bitter Bridge Encampment. Then each player may put a character into play from his or her hand. Do you want to talk to us about why this card's good, Wex? I assume you've seen it in action quite a few times now. Um, I genuinely love it. I think it's a really good card. It allows you to have a ridiculously high cost curve and still be able to run the deck extremely efficiently. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, each like your opponent's putting a, car- a character into play as well. But if you have nothing but really high cost, really high strength characters in your deck, like, so your opponent's going to be able to get maybe Tywin, Tyrion, like, every now and again, a good character. A lot of the time, it'll just be chaff. Yeah. Given the flame stalk or whatever. But if you can continue, like, every turn, get a beast. Like, a six, seven, or eight cost character out for free and then count income, and then play another one, you're just going to be up on board position so, like, in, like, so monumentally that a Tywin isn't really going to bother you because you can just go, oh, I'll just defend with these two really high-strength guys anyway. Yeah. Um, obviously, Josh, uh, Josh discussed it when he was on the cast a couple of weeks ago, and he played it at the Paramore Invitation but a deck that only ran four-cost characters and above. Like, no reducers, no no cheeky one-off Marjorie, just four-costers and above. Three copies of this, three copies of the Arbor. And that deck was really pretty good. It was remarkably consistent. If he saw Bitterbridge early, that that deck got out of control. It was horrible. I, I couldn't force challenges through. And that was my uh, one loss at the Invitational. Just brutalised me with just mountains upon mountains of high cost dudes he changed the deck recently to put a like a banter copy of pyromancers in and then he saw venomous blade was getting reprinted and he immediately took it out again <laughs> oh he could use it for at least one uh one uh, one tournament or two because uh venomous blade isn't out for another couple of weeks at least is it so we need to prepare ourselves though yeah ah venomous blade it's still, we've still own, we've still not had any characters that do not die to Venomous Blade in this chapter pack view. So, uh, it's pretty. Poor. It's a bad chapter pack, and we can just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any thoughts on a Bitterbridge Encampment Peel? It's going in my deck, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyrell Main House yeah. then. 
Tyrell, main house, along with Greyjoy to follow up. Okay. I would like to say that Bit of Bridge Encampment will it's it's another like potentially really good card for melee. Yes. Well, it might not even be really good, but it's a it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Yes, for sure. It would make the ball more interesting. Guys, don't attack me and I'll give you all the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the cards that we've seen in this pack, like uh, Captain's Daughter and Pyromancer's, where we've said, oh, they're quite expensive, but they're fine. Like That's what I mean. Daughters would be pretty good on this. Sorry? Like, put daughters, daughters. Yeah. Put daughters along with this, mate, and then it doesn't matter what they put down because you can just get rid of the bloody thing. Yeah. Like, nah. Uh, Vince was playing uh, that deck at the Paramore Invitational. The the Daughters and the House Florent Knight. Uh, I don't think he was playing Bitterbridge, but I w- would imagine he would have done if he had uh, had any copies spare. I think Josh was using the only three copies in existence in Bridgestock. Um, and uh, he said there was potential there. That kind of denial theme. and Putting things into play for free is fun. So, so yeah. So I think if you build around it, when House of Dreams comes out, this card is going to be scary. Yes. Well, assuming that House of Dreams will remain, like, search for a non-limited location. Well, what, yeah. I mean, because non-limited and unique. Oh yeah, I know. I, I was just thinking in regards to the arbor. Oh yeah, it might be better to just start with the arbor. But uh, assuming they keep that, it, this is this is scary because if you know you've got this turn one, there's no harm in you making your cost curve ridiculously high. Nah. And just drop in bad men left, right, and center. Boom. Boom. Wait until the knights to Clarin get a reprint. Oh, the banter knights. Yes. Cheeky 12 gold. Or when they reprint the Pots Viper at 10 gold. Fine. Alright, um. Valerian! Yeah, Valerian. Valerian behind oh. the encampment. Yes! Head here first. <laughs> Go on then, Peel. Rob Stark. Let's hear him. Rob Stark! I'm not really too sure on Dave going into it. Um. <laughs> Because I've been sat here just going, hmm. Rob Stark character. Um, obviously, he's a, a Stark character, uh, as per the name. Uh, he costs seven gold. He has a military icon and a power icon. Five strength. He's a king and a lord. Yeah. Got renown. And during military challenges, Rob Stark gets plus one strength for each loyal character you control. Action. While Rob Stark is participating in a military challenge, choose a participating non-king character... Stand that character and remove it from the challenge. Limit once per challenge. So in effect, he's immediately strength six anyway. In a military challenge. Effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So seven for six. Actually, that's not a bad little combo. And he's a king. So that's nice. Yeah. I suppose. I think he's very He's loyal, though. He's just... Would you rather have this Rob or the other Rob? I would rather have neither. Is that because you're not <laughs> playing Mainhouse Stark? 
Mm-hmm. This is fair. Or would you rather play against this Stark, this Rob, or the other Stark, or, or the other Rob? I'd probably rather play against the other Rob. The other Rob? He's mm. an ass. I know, but this one's going to have annoying strength multiple uh, addies. Pluses. Oh, it's just Sorry. It'll be fine. And he's going to go in all the uh, Stark only decks. Well, the other Rob's in all yeah. the other Stark only decks. I think I think the other one's better at this point. I would rather play the other one. He's cheaper. He's stabbed I'd, rather than removal. I'd probably choose to play the other one. Yeah. Like, this one's good, but I don't think he's as good. Oh, fair enough. Seven cost characters. Oh, no. Ugh. Horrible. I haven't played a seven cost character since... A long t- since the last place Lannister since Dockside Brothel days I think so go on uh, read us read us the next one Wex so it's a character Night's Watch Loyal which is weird considering it's Arya Stark Ari cost 4 military injury icons strength 3 has the recruit trait Ambush 4, if you control Arya Stark, sacrifice Ari, and as an action, return Ari to your hand to draw one card. Mm. There's a lot going on. <laughs> there is a lot going on. But is it good stuff going on? Though? I don't know, like... Ambush is always good. I think she's I brilliant. D- I think she's she, really good. She is undoubtedly very good. I just don't... How much does she cost? No, she I'm costs trying to like you paying four gold to draw a card, which is probably the wrong way to look at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of the things you can do with her. If you have the gold, you pop her back. If you're really desperate for it, you can do it in the marshalling phase. You can bring her back to stop stop being killed or marched or you know, valid or whatever. She do it pre-plot up a wildfire, because that's a thing you can do, definitely. Well, not pre-plot, but... Taxation, certainly. Um, taxation is technically pre-plot. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and of course, if you return her in taxation, then uh, you, you've already discarded to reserve. So you'll be two cards above your reserve by the end of taxation, which is nice. Oh, that is good. But yeah, like she can be reduced by fealty. She's at the cost slot that is important because first snow's a thing. It is weird that she's loyal, though. I can understand why she is, like, gameplay mechanic-wise. But Arya was definitely never loyal to the Night's Watch. No, no, not at all. But yeah, all the draw is loyal, isn't it? Yes. Like, the only thing that isn't loyal is much and more, which isn't really draw. As far as I'm aware. And, like, Dragon's Tail and stuff. Yeah, like mutual draw. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense that it is. It's just weird. Like, I don't know if thematically they could have had the same effect on a card that made more sense. I guess so, yeah. But it's nice to see it. And it's a very lovely looking donkey. It is. Good work, Rafael. Now pronounce his second name. 
Uh, no, I won't. I won't even try. I'll get into <laughs> trouble when I uh, mispronounce Eastern European names. Um, it looks a bit sad though, the donkey, doesn't it? It's kind it of does. resigned to its fate. It looks like you know them adverts you see on TV for like sponsor a working donkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when do you see those adverts on TV? <laughs> like this, we've never seen the advert, like the like the donkey rescuers, like no, <laughs> that you must need... be a northern thing. We do not sponsor donkeys down here. They're not <laughs> like sponsoring donkeys in the UK. They're in like Mexico and what? What? Have you never seen them adverts? They're definitely... <laughs> I've never seen those adverts. <laughs> Sponsor a donkey. Oh, all right. Out of all the things you could sponsor. Yeah, like uh, adopt a donkey, the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> Do you get like a, a pictures of the donkey? I, I, See I, how I, your donkey's doing week to week. Like, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I can't be the only person in the world that's watched like a Doctor Donkey like. There's um, gonna be there's gonna be some feedback at the after this episode of yep you can definitely adopt donkeys here's a link that'll be the first comment. <laughs> like, regardless of anything else, yes you can adopt donkeys. Oh thank you. Like that that will just be it. That's something to spend all our podcast money on, Peel. You know we've got the fast cars already. We've got the girls. Like now we just need to sponsor a donkey. Oh can we ride? Can we ride donkeys into nationals just like we're... <laughs> if you pay for the donkeys, Peel, I'll ride it. I'll see if I can find them on eBay. <laughs> oh, there's a website for it, and they have, like, framed paintings of all the donkeys you can adopt. Framed paintings? Someone hand-painted all the donkeys? Yeah, I'm just going to... Surely supply and demand is going to be an issue there, because you can't paint that many donkeys. No. Well, I don't you can only ever like, adopt like, the same four donkeys over and over again. No professional donkey painter. Like oh. I can't imagine. I can't imagine work is like readily available. So it'll be nice to have a steady stream of work from a, the, the donkey sanctuary. I think my favourite donkey <laughs> of all those donkeys works is Ruby. <laughs> are, you on, are, you, are you on the website? I'm on the donkey sanctuary website. Yeah. yeah. Ruby. <laughs> oh, Ruby looks a little bit sassy-like, doesn't she? She does, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't sponsor a sassy donkey. <laughs> I, I like William. I will. <laughs> Will William D is—he looks almost llama-esque. <laughs> you can watch Ruby on a webcam. Is this—is this a porno site? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have you found us? Oh. Only That's seven wrong. pence a day. That's cheaper than price. Ruby is the tallest donkey. There's obviously one called Eeyore, and then there's like Cisco, Coco, Eeyore, then Gareth. <laughs> Why do uh, some of them have golden frames and some of them just boring wooden frames? Are they like premium donkeys? <laughs> they like the <laughs> veterans. Well, obviously this Ruby's got our one. top tier donkey. <laughs> Eeyore's got one. Pooh doesn't, obviously. Yeah. Oh, did you know that Eeyore and Pooh are best friends? I just learned that from Eeyore's profile. <laughs> I feel like I'm invested in these. Can we adopt a donkey? <laughs> it's only seven pence a day. That's a bargain. It is, it is. 
Okay, let's move on from donkeys. The next card. We'll come back to donkeys. That's why the adopt. That's why the donkeys need adopting because of people like you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to move on to the donkeys to another Martel card. I'm very lucky today. This one is a six for four military power bicon. He's a house Ulla and a lord, and it is Harmanulla Ulla Ulla A A A. Uh, and he has renown. And each Sand Snake character in your hand gains Ambush X, where X is one less than that card's printed cost. And he seems very strong, does he not? He most likely is. I played Harmonilla at the Paramore Invitational. I had a cheeky one-off, and Wex had a cheeky one-off, and between us we played 15 games. Uh, and at no point did we ambush a Sand Snake in 15 games. Now, we didn't always draw Harmonilla, and it was often the case that I would draw him, and then I would have a Sand Snake in my hand, but I needed the Sand Snake that turn. And then I'd have to play Harmon next turn, and so his ability was wasted. So, I feel like at this point, unless you run multiples, in which case, you know, fine, uh, he's probably quite good in a mono Martel deck, um, when you need the uh, the oomph at the high end, uh, and I think it'll be good when there's more sand snakes, but I think at the moment he's he's more lackluster than he looks. I found him very underwhelming, which is a shame because I was really really excited for him when he was spoiled. You can only what have six sand snakes in your deck at the minute. There are bastard daughter. Bastard Daughter, Nymeria, Obara, Tying. That's a lot. So yeah, so it's, it'd be like six characters you could ambush six, in. six individual characters, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, one-cost Bastard Daughters are brilliant, I can I can assume. Um, and a four-cost Nymeria is great. Like, a two-cost Obara, fantastic. Um... Tyene is a bit more difficult to ambush at five. I wouldn't expect that very often, but it's just you know you've got to draw Harmon before then them, and then you've got to <laughs> invest in Harmon, have the gold left over, not have the reducers to pay for them. Well, it's the same it's issue with it's exactly the same issue that Mantas, isn't it? Yeah. Have you Even had Man- experience with Mans? Um, Josh really likes playing Mans. It was in his Bitterbridge deck. Yes, it was. Um, and then played... Yeah, well, yeah, because you don't pay for him, and then you have loads of gold. Yeah. Um, and then he also played Tyrell Wildlings for a while. Um, and it was fun, but it wasn't very good. <laughs> it still beat me, because I'm even worse. You are worse than Ty- Tyrell Wildlings. Tyrell I Wildlings am. was the deck he was going to take to Blackwater before... He left oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you guys got any thoughts on Harmonilla, then? Other than just a disappointing... He, he disappointed me. Like, I'm not angry at Harmonilla. He's just disappointed. He's just disappointed. Renown's the best keyword. It is, yeah. But he had Renown in first edition. Like, I want him to up his game. He's lost his ally <laughs> trait. But, like, you know, now I'm just like, Harmon, you know... You were in my Dora's solo deck I took to Starlock and Worlds. Cheeky one-off. 
He was now, a lot more first edition, wasn't he? Sorry? He was a lot more fun in first edition, yeah. He didn't kneel to attack if you had seven cards in hand. Seven or more cards in hand. Which was really, really good in the right deck. Again, like, you know, this Harmon will be good in the right deck. He's just... Can we also look at the real injustice? Because he's lost flavour text. Oh, God. What was his flavour text before? Um, his flavour text before was... Half of the others were half mad, so the saying went. And the other half... The other half are worse. Oh, and he lost that. That's harsh. He lost that. That is that is sad. You know, it's just. So basically, I'm not happy with him. No, no, that's that's upsetting. I, I can't believe the design team have taken such measures to nerf harm another so. What'll happen if we see Brown Red Blum? <laughs> his flavour text was just so long. And you have to read it every time you play him. Like a chapter from the book. You got him in the draft, didn't you? I did. Yeah, because when you played him against me, we read it. <laughs> and that for Vista Time. Takes up the entire text box. Madness. And it's nothing even interesting, it's just about... How many Aegons have ruled? <laughs> yeah, five Aegons have ruled Westeros. Let's read it. Let, let's find it and read it for those people who haven't encountered Brown Ben Plum. He was a zero-cost, two-strength military icon Targaryen character. And his trait was mercenary. He had a blank text box, except for the flavour text which read, Well, said Brown Ben Plum. Oh no, I can't read that. That's too blurry. Well, said Brown Ben Plum, there was some old Plum in the Sunset, Sunset Kingdoms who wed a dragon princess. My grandmama told me the tale. He lived in King Aegon's day. Which King Aegon? Danny asked. Five Aegons have ruled in Westeros. <laughs> there we go. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too long. It's completely unnecessary. <laughs> it's not, it's barely even relevant. It doesn't even tell you anything. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Harmon Allure has disappointed us. Um, I'm intending to skip the Baratheon cards because we've already covered them uh, when we spoiled them. Have you got any thoughts to add to them, Wex? Uh, seeing White Raven like that really upsets me. Mm -hmm. I, it really does. Well, you're not the only person on this cast that normally on this I, cast are that upsets. I can imagine. <laughs> it, it's really bad. It's a really bad card as well. It's, it is bad, isn't it? Yeah. The more I look uh, at it, the worse it gets as well. The more I look at it, the sadder I get. <laughs> I just... It just, like, hurts my heart. I think. I'm going to scroll down. There we go, I'm not looking at it anymore. Go on. Peel, cheer Wax up. Read in Varus's riddle. Varus's riddle. Plot. Neutral. Gold. Five. Initiative. Six. Claim. One. Reserve. Seven. It's a riddle and a scheme. When revealed, initiate the when revealed ability on any, or sorry, on a revealed non-riddle plot card as if you had just revealed it. There you go. Can't get sad about that. That's fucking awesome. 
It's so it's, good. It is really. It's so interesting. Like and the gold. Look at the gold. It's not even as if like you're sacrificing gold for that ability. It's just nah. Have loads of gold on a on a um like off the heads of spikes uh turn. Have loads of golds on a wildfire turn. Have lots of golds on a hmm, I don't know, what's that other one we love? Oh yes, uh Winds of Winter turn. Not Winds of Winter, sorry. First snow of winter. Like, oh it's horrible. No. Ugh. Well yeah, so like well, do nothing on a winds uh, on a first snow of winter turn though, apart from be more gold. Oh, sorry, no, it would eat through dupes. No, it wouldn't, because uh, first snow isn't when revealed. No, it's not. Oh, so yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, so phase, isn't it? No, it's at the beginning of the challenges phase, yeah. No. I see no. Varus' riddle as, like, an interesting first-turn plot. Oh, it's, yeah. Alex Hines started opening with it at um, Power Invitational to see what he could get. Um, and he seems to have a good time. I mean, you've got a very high likelihood of hitting a calm. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is good because you're basically just beating calm on initiative then. And gold and reserve. No, it's the same gold, isn't it? No. Oh, it is. It is. You're right. Yeah, calm's five gold. Sorry. Yeah, but reserve. Um, then. If you can try and set up a situation where someone would open with marched, then you can kind of cripple them for it. Oh yeah, double marching with this is just wonderful. And it just seems like it would be fun as a first turn. And like, it's five gold. Like, that's exactly what you want on a first turn block. Yeah. The thing is, as long as you don't hit something negative, five, six, one, seven that can't be navelled is a fantastic, like, stat line. Yeah, like, you regret the day that you ever hit Fallen from favour. Yeah, that is the... And uh, trading with the Pintoshi. They're the only two that are bad to hit. Trading with the Pintoshi is hilarious to hit if it's in melee. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, it would be hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as long as you don't hit those two, then you're golden. Because it's just a really solid plot. Um, and when Valor comes out and you can flip this against your opponent's Valor to wipe all their saves away, that's going to be dirty. And then afford to populate the board afterwards. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, oh, well. Valor turn, yeah. yeah. That's all right. All right, then. Sort of it. I'll do. What do you reckon to the art? It's different. Mm. I really like it. I think it's a nice touch to go for the, uh, you know, like the the different I mean, art on this and uh, Bear and the Maiden Fair and that kind of thing. I think it's like really the nice bit or tapestry kind of feel. Yeah. It does look like a nice tapestry. Yeah, I, I like that. That's the historian in me. Okay, um, go on then, Wex. As our special guest, you can cover the last card. The last card is... The last one. A three-cost Night's Watch location... That's unique and called White Tree. And as a reaction, after an opponent collects income, kneel White Tree to move one gold from that player's gold pool to your own. I remember Alex Hines played this at the Paramore Invitational. 
He did. He and... chose Night's Watch because he could play Ari, White Tree, and Varus's Riddle. And try them all. I think slightly paraphrasing him, for in his words, he said that it was extremely good if you A saw it in setup or B saw it very early on, and then it has diminishing returns as the game goes on. As you would expect, yeah. Um, but I remember him playing it against me, and it, it it's good. I really like it. I think it's solid. It's good for a one-off. Because if you see it early, then, well, you're getting an extra gold and you're kind of screwing your opponent over a little bit. If Nighthawk Choke becomes a bigger thing, it'll be interesting to see. I think I'd start with the two of them and go down. Um, Alex saw it on setup against me in our top eight game, and it was really, really frustrating for the entire game. Yeah, just, I remember it like frustrating yeah. me so much. Yeah, it was it was really strong. Just Mega Contribution's always been frustrating, but every turn. It's really and if you, like if you play this with a Mega Contribution as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just makes you want to go home. <laughs> exactly. So, um you played a lot of uh Night's Watch Kraken a couple of months ago. Does this yep. this this slots pretty handily into that deck I assume this would slot into it like immediately so well um obviously because the idea is you're kind of trying to like keep the board presence down with like the march get yours up and the like the slight chalk elements for him and make a contribution of white tree would help that so much mm. the entire deck still gets boned by first snow but it, it would help. Sure. Okay. I don't understand what, like, the traits. I don't understand, like, the contested. The white tree is not the tree. It's the, the town around it. Oh, um, yeah. I assume it's being fought over. Maybe there's going to be cars down the line where you can steal contested locations or something. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Mm. White Tree has been found like if you control. by the Lord Commander on the way to Craster's Keep. So, yeah. There you go. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so, Peel, you suggested playing a Lannister Kraken choke deck. Would you now mm -hmm. reconsider that an hour later, having seen the White Tree? Uh, no, because I don't really like um, Night's Watch. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But they've got two choke cards. I know, but Sodom, so to speak, they're just... They're not... They're, they're very defensive, and my opinion is attack, 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 attack. Well, I like attack, attack, attack. I don't want to sit there and go, ah, I'm defensive. In those decks, you don't play the wall if you're playing it as a, like... That, that choke deck with the Kraken banner doesn't play the wall. It plays Varus and uh, efficient uh, characters. Three White times Varus. Yep. Very cheap efficient characters. Keep your board presence like really impressive. Even though your board presence all of the time is just tiny characters that can barely push anything through. We have so many out that you can start to like make progress. And then the, t the 
like the times that it does work, it's so much fun. Well, if uh, if there's any more closing comments, then uh, let's have them. Otherwise, I think we'll be ending there.